everyone. You're listening to The Katie Helper Show, and I'm your host, Katie Helper. If you like the show, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. And as always, remind you that this show could not happen without the support of our listeners. To support the show, visit patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show, where for just $1 a month, you can help make the show happen. And for $5 a month, you'll qualify for great bonus content, including an alternative podcast feed and rarely seen clips that aired on our live shows. Welcome to the Katie Helper Show. I'm your host, Katie Helper, and I'm joined by the inimitable Rania Kalik. Hi, Rania. Hello. It's so good to be with you guys in person. In person, yeah. Thanks for coming by, for stopping by, and thanks for everyone for stopping by. We are going to be bringing you a wonderful show, and we're also going to be playing part of a Roger Waters interview that I did. So Rania and I are going to be talking, taking your questions, chewing the fat, if you will, then we'll the be what? chewing the fat. You don't I've know the expression? Yeah, this. chewing the fat. Chewing yeah. The fat. All yeah. right. I'll chew some fat. Yeah. We're going to be chewing the fat. And that's about it. It's going to be a great show. Branya's in town for the UN General Assembly meetings, and we'll talk to her about that. Before we move on, guys, you know what you need to do? You got to like the stream. Just hit a like. Just give it a like. Thumbs up. Also, make sure you subscribe. And to do that, you hit subscribe and then you hit the bell. And then, oh, become Patreon supporters at patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show. And in fact, we're going to be releasing the full Roger Waters that we're playing. If you're watching live, you get to see it. You're in luck. If you want to see the Roger Waters stream, make sure you become Patreon supporters at patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show. Again, that's patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show. So, Rania, tell us what you're in town for. So, I'm in town for the UN General Assembly. I'm doing some cool stuff around that for Breakthrough News. Keep your eyes out, guys. Cool stuff coming up, but I can't reveal too much quite yet. But I'm so excited. This is the first time I've seen you in person in like over a year. Yeah. It's been a while. It has been. The last time we did it, it wasn't in this high production. And look at this. We got Sparky saying, hey, Katie, love seeing you too. Thanks, Sparky. Thanks yeah. for your support. We got cool fans. So I actually just flew in yesterday. So I just want to like I'm warn everyone my arms a little jet lag. Right. I'm still on Lebanon time. We got some adrenaline to get me through. We always have adrenaline when we are together. That's true. Yeah. It's like oxytocin, but adrenaline. <laughs> adrenaline toast. Exactly. So tell us what you're doing here, what the UNGA is, and then we're going to react to some videos and stuff. But tell us, I guess you can't really tell us that much. Well, I can but, tell you what the UN General okay, Assembly yeah. is. There's a UN General Assembly where like the heads of state and sometimes their foreign ministers come and give speeches before the UN, which is based in New York. And it gives an opportunity. The most exciting part, I think, of the UN General Assembly is like when the heads of states of American adversaries give speeches. Oh, yeah, that's fun. Because then everybody who's watching or tuning in can actually like see these like evil dictators we hate so much speak. So like a few interesting people spoke today. Gustavo Petro spoke today and said some interesting things. He called the U.S. war on drugs a genocide, which, yes, it is, especially in the cases of what's done to Latin America and Colombia in particular. So that was cool to see. There's going to be some interesting speeches where we'll see the Iranian leader speak. I know Gabriel Boric, Chile, spoke today. It was like interesting. You know, he said some nice things about Palestine nonetheless. But then he also like talked some shit about Nicaragua and Iran. And I was like, why? Like when he talked about them in the sense of like police violence, in which case like, dude, maybe look at your own country before you go talking smack about like other people's police. Yeah, seriously. Like take out a bunch of people's eyes. I mean, that's like the best. Oh yeah, yeah, recently. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, he wasn't in charge, but it's still his country. Right. Anyway, so so I don't have too much exciting stuff to say about the UNG quite yet. 
Brian Frederick writes, in a divided leftist world, you are both a voice of reason and sanity. Thank you, Brian. Do you feel like the left is divided? Oh my God, very yeah, much so, don't you? Days, yeah, but the, the left, left is, is so divided. divided. It is always divided, yeah. In a way where- we The only hate. time there was like a brief unity was when Bernie Sanders was running. I know. And then like everybody was suddenly friends. And then as soon as that campaign ended, it was like back to all the factionalization. That was such a beautiful moment. It was. We got a comment from Sparky. I'm not endorsing it, but I'm going to- Read it. Russia should take all of Ukraine or let the rest go to <laughs> Poland. Otherwise, what's left will be another Kosovo, a money laundry for the corrupt West. I mean, you know, that opinion would be very popular in Lebanon. Oh, really? I mean, listen, you guys, in other parts of the world, there's a huge pro-Russia contingency, especially in the global South, like in Lebanon, in the Middle East in general. I feel like I haven't taken a poll, but I feel like the opinion ranges from I don't care because it's not happening here for once to like, I hope Russia takes all of Ukraine and furthermore, I really hope China takes Taiwan. Just Why do you like think a, that is? It's like a middle finger to the US. Right. And also like there's people who like view Russia as part of like the resistance axis or whatever, rightly or wrongly. Right. And again, it's more just like a middle finger to the US. Mm. They want to see the US like taken down a notch, even in places you wouldn't expect like in like sort of like right-wing pro-America spaces in, in a lot of these countries. Like people are just like, well, yeah, it's like NATO's fault. Yeah, there's an awareness of NATO not a, being a yeah. coffee clutch. Yeah. Coffee clutch. That's what Katrina Vandenhuvel always says. It's no coffee clutch <laughs> Wait, about NATO. It's like it's not a harmless like hangout. Oh, it's actually like a, a, coffee, a clutch? coffee clutch. That's like I didn't have never. Heard is that, that the guys? Is that it? Coffee clutch or coffee clutch? Someone let us know. Someone called me lockdown left. I don't know why anyone says that about me because I haven't said that much about. Like, also, who's even promoting lockdowns anymore? Certainly not our president, because if you guys didn't know that, COVID is over. Like, We're going to get to I that. I feel like COVID has, I feel like there hasn't been lockdowns in a really long time. No. I don't know why anyone's still complaining about that. Yeah. Like, go outside. Just saying. Maybe maybe it was like a compliment. Oh, yeah. Maybe they're pro-lockdown. Yeah, they're they're, pro they're you, they want you to hold it down. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Do you ever feel like your shadow band? Yes, I do. And then I broke through it a little bit. So I guess I'm not technically shadow well, band. Well, I feel like my Twitter following like has not moved. Yeah, I think when I did I some think. stuff on the Hill, it moved. Yeah, it's like, yeah. it's only because people are seeing you on a platform with like a huge audience, right. but it's not like organically. Yeah, on this before. Yeah, it should be We're faster. We're on like a blacklist. I know, we should be blowing up. Yeah, like I, I, I used to. <laughs> yeah. We used to Guys, be blowing up. We were, yeah. I used now, we're washed, yeah. now we're washed up. We yeah. used to be blowing up. Now we're washed up. <laughs> we're yeah. not like the new kids on the block anymore. No, we're the old. We're the old. We're the golden girls on the block. <laughs> I don't mind. I love the golden girls. I know. We watched them on my show. Remember I, you, I, me, so Brianna, Joy Gray, I watched it Kate during Willett. the lockdown. Someone in the comments is still yeah. complaining about like years ago uh, when there was one very briefly. And uh, it was a good show. Yeah, it's fun. Very progressive politics. It was for progressive the time. for its time. Yeah. 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 Someone's saying that they don't get notifications when we go live. Really? Oh, no, you don't when Rania does, but you do when I do. Weird. Go live where? On YouTube? Uh, yeah. Uh, but I'm, I go live, if I go live on YouTube, it's on Breakthrough. You don't get notifications that Breakthrough News has gone live. You got to hit the bell on Katie's show. Hit the bell. And on Breakthrough News, someone doesn't like. I'm sorry, I'll stop reading the comments. It's hard. It's like in your face. Oh, someone wants us to make fun of TYT, of course. <laughs> wow, we've done that a bunch. I Which do one do you to, want to be, Jank or Oh, like impersonate them? No, yeah. can't do that. Yeah, we have a lot of integrity because we're yeah. not going to do that. Not gonna. I'm not going to clout chase. Yeah, we're not going to clout chase. Yeah. yeah, but I think Anna Kasparian did say you need to get your facts straight or something. Mm -hmm. 
And that was when you were talking about like Steven Donziger. Yeah, that was like the weirdest thing. Cause someone, so no, weird. I'll tell you what happened. So Some one of her commenters was like, Rania Halleck recently interviewed Steven Donziger. It was still when he was like on house arrest and she read it out loud. And then when she read my name, she could see she got physically upset. And she was like, well, I'm not sure about her. She doesn't really have her facts straight on everything, but I'll definitely look into it. And I'm like, have you never heard of Steven Donziger? Yeah, seriously. Like what media are you paying attention to? I don't know. Not the Katie Halper. I like lightly criticized her once and she blocked me. So I was kind of like, okay, I whatever. I don't care. I don't have time for it. It's just unfortunate that like somebody like that is constantly getting a lot of attention for saying things that people don't like, but then responds to critics by like blocking them or like calling them mean names. And I just don't think that's like nice. Or saying, fuck you, Aaron Mate. Or saying, fuck you, Aaron Mate. Yeah, you should be dancing in the streets with gratitude that she only blocked you. Yeah, so let's see. Brian Frederick says, Biden threatening China over Taiwan is frightening. Yeah, it is. We're going to get to that actually. So we have some clips to show you guys. Let's start with Fox News. So we got some interesting news coming from Fox News. Kudlow, Larry Kudlow, I believe his name is. Great guy. Is that his name, Larry? Great guy. This is almost impossible to believe, but the Bidens have appointed another communist to the um, controller of the currency this time. So this is like Omarova, too. Omarova, who couldn't make it, uh, was trained at Moscow State University on a Lenin scholarship. Okay, so Omarova, by the way, is someone who they were going to name to this position okay. and she didn't get it or she stepped down. I don't remember. She's from, she's from Astan. So it makes sense she's from that she went to Stans. Moscow University. Yeah, exactly. Then. Okay. It's not like she was American and like decided to go study no. in Moscow. No, she's from Kazakhstan. She's okay. from Kazakhstan. Okay. So that makes her a communist that she went to school in Moscow and she got like a Lenin scholarship or something as if she, she had the, the choice. she grew up in the Soviet Union? Yeah, right. Yeah. So let's hear now, but there's another communist. Now we learn that they are appointing Dr. Yu Nina Chen. She's going to serve as chief climate risk officer for the Office of the Controller of the Currency. This is not a confirmation job, but as it turns out, she got her chemical engineering degree from Tsinghua University, which is involved in high level, this is from an article, high level defense research, involvement in cyber attacks, artificial intelligence, air-to-air missiles, navigation technology, instrument science, and materials materials science. She's going to be... Now, I mean, really? First of all, somebody told me that President Xi uh, actually graduated from this uh, Tsinghua University, if I'm pronouncing it right. First of all... It sounds like maybe it's a prestigious Chinese Yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe it's a prestigious (laughs) Chinese university. But also, how many producers do you have? You couldn't Google where she went to college and figure out? They don't even care because it's just a matter. I mean, that's just really funny. I wish Biden was it. I know. They always make us sound... They always make Democrats sound so much cooler than they are. Exactly. And, like, they make the left sound much more powerful than we are. Appointed like even one former communist to something, I would be like, yeah, okay. thrilled, yeah. It's just because one of them went to school in Russia and one in China. We are a country of three hundred million some odd people. We have one hundred sixty million people working, and we have to appoint a communist to this position in the control of the currency as a bank regulator. I don't get this, Senator Scott. I don't mean I don't get. No. It. Where do they find these people? I mean, I mean, look, she went to school over there. She studied with these communists. On top of that, she's woke. Uh, she wants to basically, you know, com- completely shut down our business community, which means we're going to have Americans are going to have fewer jobs. She's all into wokeness and ESG, which is going to just kill American jobs. I mean, you, where do they find these people? What can you do? You got to make a stink about it because it's not a confirmed I mean, job. It's you got to really make I don't know a resolution of the senators. 
because we all beat Omarova, who deserves to be beaten back. This one might be a little harder, but if you make enough noise, Senator Scott, I'm just thinking. Absolutely. We got, we've got to continue to call the Democrats out for the, un, the horrible people they're putting up in these nominations that are trying to you know, change this country, to, to push socialism. And, and we want to take care of the environment, but this wokeness that they want to tell us what coffee to drink, what car to drive, mm. where we can live. I mean, they want to, the Democrats want to control our lives completely. This is wrong. I think um, I'm just going to wonder out loud whether this uh, Chen woman who got her degree from Tsinghua University and is attached to the communist. I wonder whether this becomes a campaign issue, at least in certain races. Somebody should think about that, because this is cra crazy. This is just crazy stuff, sir. Crazy stuff, sir. So yeah, there we have it. From communists in office. I know. Rick Scott is actually an evil person. Yeah, he is. He's like terrible. incredibly evil. That Fox News host is like, I'm sure that he lives in a limousine bubble. Right. Where he's just like driven to work with, he wakes up and has whiskey in the morning. For yeah, sure. He does. He definitely yeah. has an alcohol problem. Not to offend any of your like, alcohol alcohol like yeah. But, you know, I'm just saying, yeah, I mean, what, like, there, who's telling you what car to drive? Like, what are you even saying? How do, who, what's the coffee? What's the coffee thing? I don't know what world these people are living in, but I don't, I don't ever get to get a chance to see Fox News segments. So, like, that was really eye opening for yeah. me. So, guys, be on the lookout. They're communists who are coming to town. All right, what do we got next? Oh, we got some more stuff about communists. Okay, so let's hear what Fox News has to say. Another clip from Fox News. What's interesting is uh, Kamala Harris isn't the only one who has invoked they're fleeing communism. Look at the horrors of Venezuela, which the Biden administration and Democrats have done nothing in Venezuela. Moreover, last summer, let's not forget, because it's so easy in this massive fast-moving news cycle to forget. Last summer, those fighting communism in Cuba begged this administration, begged this administration for internet, that's all. Give us some satellite feeds so we can just show the world the atrocities that are happening to us. He didn't. And guess what happened? The leaders of those communist, anti-communist protests in, in Havana, Cuba, all over the island last summer, they disappeared in gulags. So, Spare me all the, um, you know, compassion for those fleeing communism. They haven't given a damn. And by the way, in Venezuela, the cheerleader of that revolution, that socialist revolution that has displaced and impoverished so many people, was cheerleaded by Bernie Sanders himself, who now wants to bring those policies over with his comrade AOC. So this has just gotten to a, a point where it just makes my blood boil. Okay. I wish that Bernie, like, Bernie Sanders actually called Maduro a tyrant, and a lot of people on the left were angry that I he was did angry. that. Yeah. I was pretty angry because yeah. I'm a big Maduro fan. Yeah, I mean, I was too. But it was also just like, what cheerleading is he doing? Unless he's playing hard to get. They think that, like, it's reverse psychology, and he's trying to, like, flirt with him by insulting him. I mean, him. they're like, these people are talking to, like, the lowest common denominator. Yeah. And what they're saying is so ridiculous because, like, I was in Cuba in January. You've been to Cuba. Well, yeah, been yeah. To Cuba. I don't know if they had internet when you were there. Mm -hmm. They had internet in Cuba. Yeah. I had decent internet in Cuba. I was able to use Twitter. You know, in fact, the only thing that I wasn't able to use in Twitter were some websites that were blocked because they're not allowed to be seen in Cuba because of the U.S. sanction, not because Cuba's blocking them. Yeah. So that alone is BS. But also, like, I really do wish that Bernie Sanders praised Maduro. I actually think Maduro is pretty awesome. I got to meet him. Oh, yeah. What was um, he like? Very tall. I've heard he's surprisingly I've tall. heard he's fitter than he looks. He definitely is because he looks like he's, he looks for some reason, he just like he has a round face. Shiny. So he looks yeah. like he's kind of out of shape, but he's actually yeah. tall and pretty in shape. Yeah. 
or maybe he's gotten in better shape. He's a great husband. He brings his wife like everywhere and is always complimenting her. Oh, that's nice. And the guy can like, listen, I have never seen an American president except for maybe Obama able to do this, but still not even Obama. I went to a rally. It was on Militia Day, which was when they basically celebrate the militias that were formed in Caracas after the attempted U.S. overthrow. And that day, like what helped defeat that coup attempt was people in the streets that basically formed neighborhood militias to defend the city in the event of any attempt by the U.S. again to do a coup like that. So there was like 100,000 people in Caracas. Like you, I mean, as you couldn't see where it ended. It just went on and on. At, at one point, like you can't even tell how many people, just a sea of people. And Maduro, it's like so loud. There's music. I got to say, aesthetically, the left in Latin America is way cooler than the left in North America. Like they're just cool. They have cool music. They have cool, like, they just have cool, like songs and they have like a cool feel. Anyways, it was like a big celebration. The Maduro gets up on stage to speak and Aiden's dead silent. And he is like holding this crowd in the palm of his hands. And you can just sense it like people are moved by him. That's a really rare ability to have. And he does have this like, you know, they used to say this this about Bill Clinton, this ability to make you feel like you're the only person in the room. Right. That's what he has. Interesting. And on top of that, he's like a socialist, like revolutionary leader. It's just crazy the way the Americans describe him. Like you can call a lot of people dictators. I really don't believe you can call him one. But regardless, Bernie Sanders, unfortunately, did call him yeah. a dictator. A tyrant, a tyrant. I think. I yeah. Think, yeah. yeah. Well, so listen, lady, you got the wrong cheerleader. You want a cheerleader for Maduro, that would be Rania Kalik. Yeah, not you Bernie can denounce Sanders. me next yeah. time. Yeah. I will happily leave She, she Maduro support. cheerleader identified. I'm writing him in on the next presidential oh, Yeah, ticket. that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. So just so she, I can be denounced by Fox News. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have they ever mentioned you? They should. No, no, they Only mention CNN me. mentioned it's you. It's okay. I don't okay. need, I don't need, I mean, what are they going to mention me to the like, geriatric audience? Yeah. By the way, I like this comment from Sparky. Uh, love that Katie's secure enough to share this screen with a fellow charming, brainy, and otherwise wonderful gal. Of course. Well, she won't do it with blondes, only with like yeah. dark hair. Am I, like do you me consider me a blonde? Yeah, right now. You're, I guess you're I am a blonde. Yeah. yeah. I guess I am. So yeah. I still you, see myself you, as brunette with highlights. Really? Yeah. Like your hair is like slow. I went blonde. I remember when I went blonde. Oh, yeah. It, was not it didn't look as natural on you. As yeah, weird, right? The blonde didn't look natural yeah. on me. All right. Let's see. We got another clip. Let's go to Joe Biden in China. <laughs> on China. What should Chinese President Xi know about your commitment to Taiwan? We agree with what we signed on to a long time ago. And that there's a one China policy and Taiwan makes their own judgments about their independence. We are not moving. We're not encouraging them being independent. We're not. Let, that's their decision. But would U.S. forces defend the island? Yes. If, in fact, there was an unprecedented attack. After our interview, a White House official told us U.S. policy has not changed. Officially, the U.S. will not say whether American forces would defend Taiwan. But the commander-in-chief had a view of his own. So unlike Ukraine, to be clear, sir, U.S. forces, U.S. men and women, would defend Taiwan in the event of a Chinese invasion? Yes. So this is like the fourth time that Biden has said this, and then the White House has like immediately released a statement, or some some official has walked it back. So I don't think it's an accident anymore. Okay, well, let's watch Jake Sullivan, who responds to this, because this is exactly what you described, Rania. Let's show the Jake Sullivan clip. Can you walk us through how the president's explicit commitment to U.S. defense of Taiwan in the event of an attack by China 
is not a policy shift from what the U.S. has long held when it comes to Taiwan. Well, as the president said in his interview on 60 Minutes, uh, we continue to stand behind the One China policy. We continue to stand against unilateral changes to the status quo, and we continue to stand for peace and stability across the Taiwan Strait. The president has reiterated those basic commitments uh, on every occasion that he's talked about Taiwan, including in this interview uh, where he specifically and emphatically and unequivocally reinforced and reiterated the One China policy. Uh, he was asked a question, a hypothetical question in this interview. He was asked a very similar question back in Tokyo in May. He gave a similar answer in Tokyo in May that he gave in the 60 Minutes interview. After uh, that answer in Tokyo, someone said specifically to him, have you just announced a major policy change? And he said, no, I have not. I've answered a hypothetical question. I have not announced a policy change. When the President of the United States wants to announce a policy change, he will do so. He has not done so. As a follow-up, is there a strategic effort here when it comes to deterrence? Is the President delivering an explicit message by answering a hypothetical, which he often doesn't? Well, all I will say is uh, the President is a direct and straightforward person. He answered a hypothetical. He's answered it before in a similar way, and he has also been clear that he does not, has not changed U.S. policy towards Taiwan. He stands behind the historic U.S. policy towards Taiwan that has existed through Democratic and Republican administrations and has helped keep peace and stability across the Taiwan Strait for decades. Yeah. Jake, assuming... The only side here that is threatening peace and stability around the Taiwan Straits is the U.S. It's constant provocations, st constant statements like this by the head of the United States Visits by people like Nancy Pelosi that are totally provocative and actually encouraging Taiwanese independence. Like Taiwan is part of China. The U.S. abides by a policy that sees Taiwan as part of China. But what is the U.S. doing? We know from like the Wall Street Journal that the U.S. has been spending, sending the like special operations forces to help train the Taiwanese military. Since the war in Ukraine started, the U.S. has been essentially encouraging Taiwanese officials to adopt the Ukraine model and prepare for a Ukraine scenario. And what does that mean? That means complete devastation. That means inviting a war by a country more powerful than you are. That Well, not country, in this case by China, like Taiwan. Ukraine is not a part of Russia. Taiwan yeah. is part of China. It's historically part of China. Chinese people will tell you, that Taiwan was part of China for longer than the U.S. has existed. The only reason it ever stopped technically being a part of, of China is because of, like, imperialism, colonialism, fascism. That's why. But, I mean, it's just completely absurd, and it's none of the U.S.'s business, like, at all. The only reason that this situation is escalating all the time is because of the threats the U.S. is making, the militarization of the U.S. around the Taiwan Strait, and they're pushing China into a corner, much like they pushed Russia into a corner. And if there were to be some sort of war over Taiwan, the U.S. is not in a position to send Americans there to die for it. And they won't. That is complete BS. Geographically speaking, China could shut that shit down like right away. The problem China would have, of course, is the fact that you have like a population in Taiwan that is very much like pro-Western and indoctrinated in that mentality but I mean, at the same time, like it's just completely absurd and reckless what Joe Biden is doing because he's provoking 
another major power at a time when we're already involved in a proxy war that's like destroying the world. And all actually, honestly, leading to, the, to like really the te- deterioration of living standards for a lot of America's allies, like in Europe. And now you want to set fire in China. Like it's just the U.S. is like this dying empire, but it's like in the beginning stages of its death. And it's almost like it's determined to just take the rest of the world down with mm. it. Like how many nuclear powers are you going to put right. at the same time? It's crazy. Yeah. Have you felt the effects of this in Lebanon? By yeah. the way? Talk about that. Oh my God. Like, well, everyone around the world has felt the effects of like oil prices rising. And in Lebanon, it's really bad because we don't have electricity. Like state electricity comes for about an hour or two hours a day in Lebanon because the country doesn't have any money to buy fuel uh, because of the economic collapse. So people are dependent on these diesel powered generators, but then you have to buy the diesel, like if for your building. You have to all, like everybody in the building chips in to buy diesel or for the neighborhood generator. So the cost has gone up because oil prices have gone up. So like my electricity bill, like everyone in Europe is complaining their electricity bills are going to be more than their rent. My electricity bill has been like that for the last year and no one cares because it's Lebanon. But now it's happening to people in Europe. But there's that. There's also like prices, I think, of food everywhere have gone up and we're going to feel the effects of that more because Lebanon in particular gets like got like 60% or 70% of its grain from Ukraine and the rest of it was from Russia. And this war has obviously destabilized uh, grain exports because of sanctions and also there's an actual war. So it's like Russia's not blameless in that situation. But, but so a lot of global South countries are having like grain and wheat shortages. So like there's sometimes where you can't find bread or only people with money can afford bread. And just also the cost of food, like this is an inflation issue. Like it's, it's it, but the same problems exist here. It just it hurts more when you're in a global South country because people don't have as high incomes. So when the price of food goes up in countries where people already can't afford, it's oh, it causes a way bigger problem with access to like food and food security than it does in a place like the U.S. And honestly, like the U.S. is really the the consequences of the war in Ukraine are minimized in the U.S. because the U.S. isn't so reliant on like Russian raw commodities the way that parts of Europe and even the Middle East are. But certainly like in the Middle East and Africa, the effects are really bad at places where they already have problems with food insecurity and poverty and stuff like that. Wow. Sorry about that. Yeah, it really sucks. And then, you know, Ukraine's been tattling. So like the Ukrainian embassies in Lebanon and Iraq have been like tattled to, or trying to say like, oh, this grain that you imported is stolen Ukrainian grain. So it, this happened in Lebanon. There was like a ship of grain that was like legally purchased and shipped to Lebanon. And the ship was docked for like days during a bread shortage in Lebanon because the Ukrainian embassy filed a complaint with the Lebanese like government being like, this is stolen Ukrainian grain. And they investigated it and it wasn't stolen grain. But like they did the same thing in Iraq. They're like going around stopping grain imports from coming into the country on the like loose basis that it's stolen in places where people are like desperate for bread. Like it's actually insane. Wow. Yeah. Well, no one cares about Lebanese people, though, because yeah. you guys are brown. Well, there's not that many of them, honestly. Yeah, there's only, the like, many, six yeah. million. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> all right, we got another video. This time, let's go across the pond. And shout out to Case Study QB, who clipped them. Okay, let's go across the pond to England and see what happened here. Hold on one second. Let me read this. So it says, today I held a blank piece of paper on the Royal Mile. Then I went home. Police then followed me all the way to Claremont. Are you following me? Just Just stopping when I'm stopping, walking when I'm walking. I'm just talking about the pagoda. We're just following. Look at you. We're just making sure there's no disorder. Even if I'm just going home, you're going to follow me all the way to my home. 
I'm not going to tell you where I stay. You're going to well, follow I'm me there. What am I going to do by myself? I was just holding a white piece of sign earlier, yeah? That's so disorderly. But you're going to follow me, a young girl, home by myself. You don't see why that's maybe a bit scary for me. I'm not going to tell you where I stay. Right, okay. Well, you can follow me home then. Uh, I'm going to film you while I'm doing it. Okay. So, yeah. So she got, so she was like almost, basically she was harassed by police. Yeah, they were, a yeah, they were following her home. Just in case that, that is like a Blakey's paper now considered a form of protest against the monarch. I guess, yeah. Wow, what a democracy. I'm really glad they got to spread that around the I world. Know, seriously, yeah. Yeah. Tucker yeah. Carlson really got that one right. Oh my God, yeah. I yeah. respond to that on the Hill. Yeah. And then Eugene responds to that, your co-host at yes. Breakthrough Shout News. out to Eugene yeah, Perrier. Eugene Perrier, yeah. Yeah. All right, we got one more video. The Clinton clip. Chelsea follows rap music. She has. Oh my God, this is so good. Hold on. Start from the good. This is from the new show. Like, yeah. So Chelsea and Hillary have a new show together. Oh God. Okay. I don't know if I can do this. Okay, I can do this. I'm strong. I'm strong. Chelsea follows rap music. She has ever since she was a little girl. But I kind of came to awareness of you with the Cardi B WAP. I always wanted to do a song with Cardi. As soon as she sent me the song, I think I sent it back to her like the next day. And it was just so exciting. The men, they seem so confident in what they're saying, and they don't have no problem with talking about their sexuality and how they're going to have sex with you. So I was like, well, <laughs> I could do that, and it's going to sound fire coming from a woman. It's great to see women be so kind of fierce. That is my life's mission, <laughs> to make sure that I'm always unapologetically me. Yeah. Oh. So my that's Megan B. Stallion. Yeah. Talking oh about. Oh my God, Hillary Clinton. Do, there's no. Do you really think Hillary and Chelsea like have listen ever. Listen to what? Not listen, like watch the video. It's like basically almost. Yeah. Which is it's fine with me. Yeah, yeah. We're I sex just positive. Yeah. Can't imagine the Clinton women and the way they're talking about it. Like, what? No, I don't believe that. I don't yeah. believe that. I. I liked when Chelsea was into it since she was a kid. Took so fierce, so fierce. I know. So, so fierce. Can you imagine? I love fierce women. Like Hillary Clinton, the Clintons are the kinds of people who would like want Cardi B in jail. Also, Cardi yeah. B was a Bernie, like a big yeah, Bernie supporter. Yeah, shout out There's to Cardi that. B, yeah. But also because like they loved putting black people in jail. Yeah, and they're really into respect. Big pastime, big Clinton pastime. Big Clinton pastime, putting black people in jail, executing them like Ricky Ray. For political points yeah. to win who, political Who asked points. if he could save his last meal for later. That's how mentally he disabled he was. I'm like kind of mad at Megan Thee Stallion. I know. There are a lot Why of people. Why was she painting who are, with those people? Oh, that's the other thing. We didn't even talk about the painting. That was yeah, what were they painting? What was know. that? Grass? Oh, I'd be, what if it was like Hillary with like a dick in her mouth or something? That would be good. <laughs> She's like, I love WAP. Yeah. What did she say? She called it WAP? Yeah. She's like, yeah. WAP. Yeah. I love Cardi B's WAP. Yeah. You were great. You were great in you Cardi great B's in WAP. Yeah. yeah. It would be great if she was drawing like a Bernie sign, not me, us, Bernie sign. Oh my God. Someone just, I just saw someone. Yeah. That, I'm so sad about that. What? Jelferman is asking if I saved any of my videos that were deleted by YouTube. Oh, what happened to your? Well, because Soapbox got on YouTube because it was part of like the RT purge. And I did like a couple parody videos, one of which was- Are they still saved? I think I have a copy. I I saved as many copies of things as I could just in case. I have like a hard drive with all those things on it. But you know, I'm not sure what to do with it because if I put them up, if they have the Soapbox logo, is it just going to get taken down? down? 
it's a weird, it's like the level of censorship. It's ridiculous. It's yeah. crazy. Um, but thank you for your comment. I wish yeah. people could see it. I mean, it's that one where I like, I was like, played like four different people yeah, on like a so kind of situation talking about whether we should intervene in a big country called Bastion. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. I remember. that was a great one. Thank you. No, it exists no more, except for in my hard drives. Uh, if if King Charles III doesn't obey Klaus Schwab, Klaus will replace him with Meghan Markle. Ironically, Prince Charles was never found was a founder of WF World Economic Forum. Yeah. Well, let's see. I think that's it. I think we're going to just show the Roger Waters. That's so cool that you interviewed Roger oh, Waters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in person, you sat down and did uh, like no a, Zoom over Zoom. Oh, wow, that's yeah. still awesome. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, amazing guy. Yeah, you went to his concert recently. I did. Yeah, I saw yeah. you post about it. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, great time, yeah. did he make like political comments? Oh, like, all the, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He, he had like, I mean, he had like a free Julian Assange thing. He had Shireen Abu Akleh's name up there. A lot of people's oh, names up there. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, amazing person. Yeah. Well. It was really fun to get to Yeah, of course. Yeah, let's do it again. One thing before you leave. Can mm-hmm. you explain? There's a lot of talk about people leaving Venezuela and people are painting them as victims of communism. I mean, I would say that they're victims of capitalism and sanctions. You've covered sanctions a lot. Can you talk about how sanctions work and why they're actually causing people to flee countries? Yeah, I mean, sanctions are intentional economic warfare meant to like collectively punish and immiserate populations in countries the U.S. is trying to collapse. And U.S. policy like pretty much states that pretty explicitly. It's meant to devalue the currency so that the currency becomes worthless and so that your salary becomes worthless. It's meant to collapse your industries because if you're under sanction as a country, then nobody will do business with you because they're afraid of like financial penalties. The U.S. always says, oh, no, we have like exceptions But those exceptions don't really matter at the end of the day, because if I'm a company that sells spare parts for trucks, I'm like a German company that sells spare parts for trucks, and the the central bank of Iran is under sanction, I'm not going to sell anything to Iran, because why would I risk like massive financial penalties to the U.S. Treasury Department? It's like, it's not worth it. Like the cost benefit is like, it's not worth it. So I don't bother even doing business. So it causes like countries' infrastructure to deteriorate so that your hospital equipment isn't up to date and your dialysis machines break down, you can't replace them. And your trucks break down, you can't replace parts because you, so you can't move things around the country. Your agricultural equipment breaks down. These are things, your electricity infrastructure, these are things that need to be constantly repaired and maintained. And if the, in the companies in the world, which are pretty much dominant, like the companies that dominate these things are like mostly in the global north, aren't willing to sell to you, then you're screwed. Also, you don't have the hard currency to buy things because your economy is ruined. So it just causes your like various sectors of your country to deteriorate. And then it means that you and your kids don't really have a future. So that's why people leave. Like, why do people leave a sanctioned country? Like, would you want to stay somewhere where your electricity gets shut off a lot, where you have to wait in line like for basic items because there's shortages all the time, where if you need medical care, like, you're, the hospital might not have the medicine that you need because it's a medicine that is made in America or an American manufacturer won't sell it to your country, um, where your salary is worthless because the currency is worthless. So like you can't really buy anything and on it. I mean, we're just like, it, there's so many inconveniences caused by sanctions. Not And again, I think the most important thing for people is like, they don't want to leave their countries. But if you've got kids, especially like 
your mentality is like, where are my kids going to go to school? If they study, like, where are they going to get a job after they study? And if this is a country where things are going down the trash can, then you're going to try to take your kids and move your family somewhere where you feel like there's better opportunities. But the thing is, those opportunities don't, it's not that they don't exist in your country because there's something wrong with like socialism or necessarily your government. It might be the case in some right. places. It's actually the case in a lot of countries that are allied with the U.S. that their governments suck. So people leave. But in the cases of places like, you know, Venezuela, Nicaragua, Cuba, I mean, a lot of the reset and immiseration is a result of sanctions, especially Cuba. I mean, the situation in Cuba got worse after Trump came to power and instituted another 200 and like 40 or something crazy number of new sanctions that like made the, I mean, it really put the country through a very, very, very difficult time. Right. So uh, and things are even worse now in terms of like access to electricity because a huge power plant had like a terrible fire. It was hit by lightning. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there was like a horrible explosion and like the U.S. just like offered kind words, but didn't offer any help, right. I don't think. But the point is, is living in a sanctioned country is very difficult. And of course, people are going to try to leave if it's under sanction. It's economic warfare. Right. Like it is a form of war. In Syria, you know, people will tell you that for some people at least. Uh, the actual war, like things weren't as bad as they are. Like when there was actual fighting, things weren't as bad as they are now because at least like they have like they have like more electricity and they knew the war was going to end eventually mm. with sanctions. It's like there's no end in sight right. and they don't get any attention. Yeah. And with the I mean, with the U.S., like once you're under sanction, once the U.S. puts you under sanction, it's like they will never take them off until they get what they want, which is typically regime change because there's no political benefit to removing sanctions. So even though Trump added those 200 and some odd new sanctions yeah. on Cuba, Biden came to power and he hasn't removed, he's actually added because there's no political benefit for him to so remove them. Yeah, it is really pathetic and cowardly. Another example of, of Biden saying nothing would fundamentally change. He was telling the truth. All right, guys, thank you so much, Rania. Where can people find you? People can find me at Rania Kalik on Twitter. You have to follow me though, because I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm shadow banned. But also, more importantly, follow at BT Newsroom on Twitter as well and follow Breakthrough News on YouTube where I have a show called Dispatches that comes out quite regularly. And we also have a live stream every Thursday at 3 p.m. with me and Eugene Perrier called The Freedom Side on the Breakthrough News channel on YouTube. So make sure to follow us there. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, and I'm just going to leave with this. The real queens in our hearts are Rania and Katie. Yes. Thank you. Uh, we'll take, it. we accept that kind I'll of monarch, monarchy, monarchy. Yeah. 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 We're the co-queens, co-queens. <laughs> yeah. Co-queens. Yeah. All right. So guys, enjoy Roger Waters. And to see this full stream, if you're watching now, you're in luck. You get to see it all. But to see this full stream, if you're watching later, then please become Patreon members at patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show. Again, that's patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show. Your being Patreon supporters helps make this show happen. We really literally couldn't do it without you. Okay, thanks everyone. Thank you, Brad. Thank you, Tyler. And thank you, Phantom Fanto, for clipping. See you guys later. Bye. Thanks again for listening to The Katie Helper Show. To hear the rest of that discussion, please join the Patreon at patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show. Again, that's patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show. If you like the show, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. And as always, we remind you that this show could not happen without the support of our listeners. Our show is produced by me, Katie Halper. Brad Bloom is our audio engineer and an associate producer on the show. Our researcher is Joshua Bregman. 
And our theme song is by the band Cordova. See you next time.